Grace Conference. And we're dealing here with the subject about uh, Christ in us. And so last night we, we were sharing with you a little bit <clears throat> on uh, 2 Corinthians, a little bit about 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, they are a new creation. Amen? And so, and old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, tonight, I want us to look here as we move forward. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to look at Colossians chapter 1. Hebrews 11, 1, and Colossians 1, 27. Okay? It said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our faith, we could say that faith is the response of the substance things hoped for. Okay, why? Why do we say respond? Because the word when we say faith is the response, that means it's the only response that we have. It's only that we can respond that God will activate the grace that He has made provision for. Okay, so when we talk about grace, grace is is God's willingness to do on our behalf, what we can't do for ourselves, okay? So grace is unmerited favor. Uh, grace is God's empowerment. And all of those things is what God has provided or what grace have made provision for. But then if I just leave it there, grace is powerless or inoperative without faith. Okay? Faith is hopeless. You understand what I'm saying? Without grace. In other words, grace is the engine that provides everything that's needed, but the response to what grace have made, faith has to be that response. And this is why we're looking at this saying now, faith is the substance of thing hoped for. Let's put that in the class and amplify for a moment. This verse of scripture. It said, now faith is the assurance. See, it's, what, is, what is faith? It is what? The assurance. Hmm? The confirmation. The title deed of the thing we hope for. Now, when you look at that word we hope for, that word hope is to me, it, it's a blueprint. It's also me. It's a goal setter. In other words, the blueprint, the goal set, the goal, the, the, the thermostat sets the goal. But notice this, the thermostat does not work by itself. It's a goal setter, right? I mean, you know, just think about if I wanted to set a thermostat to 70 degrees, 
Well, just because it's set at 70 degrees, that doesn't mean it's going to kick on by itself. That thermostat needs some help. It needs some communication to that unit outside. That unit on the outside will kick on, and it will begin to produce the air of circulating at this desired temperature, which would be 72 degrees, and it won't shut off until it reaches that, de that degree. See, it's a goal setter, right? That's what hope is. It's the goal. It sets the goal. But then faith is like that. It's like that. Uh, the outside air condition that turns on. What does it do? It's working to do what? To bring forth the goal that has been set at the desired temperature at seventy-two degrees. That's what your faith is. That's what our faith in Christ does. Our faith is a response to God, what God is expecting of us. In other words, hope is that positive impulse to your imagination. It is, what God, it is God's word, God's way of creating, God's way of giving you an expectation of what he desired to come to pass in your life. It's his goods. You're not trying to make anything happen. You're not trying to draw something. No, you are drawing from within out. Let me say it to you again. You're drawing from within out. Why? Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so I want to pay attention to these two verses of scriptures in Hebrews 1, I mean 11, 1, and Colossians 1, 27. But notice this. He said, faith, now faith is the assurance. Notice the word assurance. That means you are assured. Amen? That's what he said. It's saying it is the assurance. That means what I have made available, notice this. I, have a, I assure you it will happen. Are y'all getting this? Watch this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation. That's what the assurance, the title deed of the thing we hope for. See, most people say, well, I hope this happened. I hope this changed for me. I hope that this, they're not really in biblical hope. Their hope is, I wish this could happen for me. But see, true Bible hope is an expectation of something that's already in the place, in place. It's happening. So hope is, notice this, is, is God giving you his expectation is flowing forth from you. You have this yawning. You have this desire for the thing that you call that be not as though it were. I mean, we do it all the time, like FedEx, okay? Um, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? I don't know what the day is. Tuesday. Was yesterday. I, I, I lost my phone. And I was, I, 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 was, I had a picture of something I needed to buy. And when I got to the store, I wanted to make sure that I was in the plumbing area that I bought the right fittings that I needed. And I set my phone down 
when I found what I needed, because I was so happy that I found what I needed. It's amazing how people go in the store and they open up the bags and they take out parts of what they need and just put the thing back in there. I said, whoa, my. And I found what I needed. I was so full of joy that I found it and didn't realize I left my phone over there on the shelf. Okay? And I didn't realize that it wasn't with me until I got outside in my truck. I had my wallet, and so I was thinking my phone was in my pocket. And when I realized, I left it. Well, what was the first thing the enemy wanted me to do was to panic. So I said, no. So what I did, I put, put the stuff up in the truck, and I went back and walked everywhere I did in the store. And the enemy was trying to tell me, oh, somebody got that phone. They're going to unlock that. And, and all this going to take place and all your, your personal stuff there, it's gone. I didn't pay that no mind. I did not pay that no mind. And so one of the persons said, <clears throat> uh, and I asked him, what was the customer service desk? Because a lot of times that's what things, well, it hadn't made it up there. And so the young man, so but, but before that happened, so I'm just trying to show you what hope is. So I was fully expecting, I say, now, Lord, Holy Spirit, you in me. You know exactly where that phone is. You are my helper. So I'm looking to you to show me where that phone is. And when I did that, I went to the customer service desk, and there was a young man that was there, and he said, well, he said, let's go back and search the last place where you know where you had it. And he said, what is your number? So I gave him my number, and when we was walking back to the plumbing area, now he wasn't there. My phone would ring because I knew it on my, my watch, so I knew I was close to it. Yeah. Somebody had it. Okay? Yeah. And he called it again, and then I was standing, I said, it's, it's, it's right here somewhere, it's right here, I'm, I'm, I said. And, and a guy come walking around the, from the other side, his daughter had it. He picked the phone up, and he was going to return it to customer service when he got through shopping. But now he hear me talking on the other aisle and the daughter holding the phone. He said, sir, I think I have something for you. I, I thought he was talking to the guy who, I said, me? He said, yes, sir. He said, I think I have something for you. I said, my phone. He said, yes, sir, I think I do. And his daughter came down and said, bring the phone and show up. What am I saying to you? I had fully expected to find that phone. No, not me. The Holy Spirit. I, my hope was in him. My expectation was he cannot fail. He will show me what to do. And I began to praise God right there. 
Are you understand what I'm saying? And before I knew I lost, before I misplaced the phone, I was praying for a person in the bathroom who had back surgery. I laid my hands on the minister to him. So, you know, the devil was upset. You're doing all this witness and all this stuff. Now you lost your phone and this and that. And that. Like I said, I didn't pay all that no mind. The enemy wanted me to panic. Go cancel all your cards right away. Go do all this. Go do all that. And I said, no. And so what am I doing? I'm showing you, it says, now watch this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the thing we hope for. Now notice this. Faith could not have a confirmation or a title deed of something unless hope gave it some directive. So what was the hope? The hope was... I was, my hope was in the Holy Ghost because one of his, one of his compound uh, 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 way of ministering to us is that he is an assistant to us. He's a helper to us. But remember, you have to speak in the light of this new creation. You have to speak in the light of the life that you have partook of. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm speaking from the life that I have embraced so the Holy Spirit now, can he can help me, he can could, he could help me quickly because I'm speaking from that new creation. I'm not speaking from, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God, oh my God, Lord, what am I going to do? So you can work yourself up into a, a forensic. Are you following what I'm saying? And I was so thankful, and I, I just, I just begun to praise God right there in front of everybody. Praise God! Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Glory to God. That's what I would say. <laughs> and everybody did. Everybody look. <laughs> Are y'all following what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Now faith is the assurance. See, faith can't work without hope. So hope. What, did, what was I hoping? I was hoping, I was expecting from the life that I have in me that it is going to guide me. Huh? Watch this. Let's put this up for a moment. Uh, John 16, 13, Casey. Watch this. This is what I was relying upon. John 16, 13 said, I'll uh, put it in, in, in the, uh, well, that's okay. That's okay. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? He will do what? Guide you into all truth. Well, the life that I have. Remember last night we talked about the life that I now live in the flesh? I live how? By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm living by his faith. So his faith has a hope or an expectation that is connected to it. Now, what is hope? Hope is giving you the imprint or your imagination is being used to show you that, hey, rest. So when I went to the counter and that young man said, come on, okay, I'll walk walk around the store with you to go see. And so he said, what's your number? So we can just start, you're here in my, in my watch, and guess what? Again, 
because I trusted in the one whose life is in me, he revealed. And that's what he said. He, when he come, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Watch this. Next verse. He shall glorify me. So how would the Holy Spirit glorify, glorify Jesus? When the thing that I lost, Jesus paid the price for it. I can, I can rely up on the finished works of Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to do what? To lead me, to guide me in the way I should go. So he was guiding me. He said, look, for he shall receive a mind and shall show it unto you. Are you understand what I'm saying? So what he was doing? He was guiding my steps, leading me to go right back where I had already gone. What if I just say, well, I've all, I did, and I did say it. I've already went over there, but I didn't see it. What if I just say, well, let's just go over here on the other side of the store. Hmm? The phone was on this side. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? See, you can't, look, when you rely upon the one that giving you his life, then guess what? The Holy Spirit is the one that is doing the work and he know all things. And notice what the scripture says. He will not speak of himself, but he will only speak of that which he hears. Glory to God. And so notice what we said last night in Colossians 1, 9 and 10. It says that the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in Jesus. And then verse 10 says, but you and I are complete in him. So whether we lost something or not, all we got to do, Holy Spirit, where is it at? What did I do? See, what is he doing? He's working, he's working for me out of the life of what Christ already done for me. Did you catch that? He's working for me out of the life of Christ has already wrought for me. This is what he's doing. And so the more we begin to rely upon him, the more we begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me in this. Why? Because when I say help, he understands that my help is going to come from what Christ already did in the situation. What he's already won for me. Are you understand what I'm saying? He's not going to give me some worldly wisdom. He's not going to give me some intellectual wisdom. He's going to give me the wisdom or the comprehensive insight of how God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do it? With words. Is that right? So notice it. Look, look at the next verse. He said, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take up mine and shall do what? Show them unto you. Glory to God. Go back 
where you were. And sometimes it's not so much that you're hearing a voice. It's a witness. It's a witness on the inside of you, and you just go back. You, you, you don't, your, your mind can't understand, but you're learning to draw from that life that's in you. Amen? I didn't always have that. Praise God. Can you see it? All right, now watch this. <clears throat> Hebrews, go back to Hebrews and look at Hebrews 1. He, look at Hebrews 1. And look at verse 1, Hebrews 1, 1. It says, in Sandra's time, God, who has Sandra's time and in diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet. You know, diverse time, Sandra's time, God used the moon, God used the, the fire by night, the cloud by day, God used the burning bush. You understand what I'm saying? Diverse ways God used different types and shadow to speak of the prophets of old. But notice what it say, verse two. But in these last days, has in these last days spoken to us how by His Son. You know the mystery to the Old Covenant Testament, Old Testament saint, like Solomon. I don't know where the scripture is. I think it's First King eleven. And somebody find out where it said, what Solomon said, how God would dwell in this temple. And Solomon said, how can God, as big as he is, dwell in this temple? Okay? And, and what he was saying is that, you know, man always knew that God was coming, that a, a Savior was coming, but to have God dwelling in, in man, that was the mystery. Because no one saw that coming like that. And Solomon built God a house. David supplied uh, most of the finances, most of the furnishing. I mean, we're talking about billions. And then all of his captains and other leaders, they supplied with themselves about a couple billion more to build the house of God. But Solomon was speaking in a manner, he said, you know, how can this house, even though as much as it costs, how can God, how can this house hold a house God himself? He's bigger than, the, he's bigger than life. Did you find it, baby? First Chronicles. And it, and it, it's going to be in it's going to be in Kings also, First Chronicles six thirty two what six twenty two what does it say? No, I mean it, it's a story about it says okay. Okay, where it's first, first Chron, but where it's put it in First King, it it should be in First King. Uh, it would be something like eleven thirty-two or twenty-two, something like that. Um, but anyway, y'all, if y'all find it, let me know. But but this is what I'm trying to show you is that when we talk about Christ, 
the hope of glory, the mystery. The mystery was how was God going to dwell in me? Old Testament saints always knew that a Savior was coming. But what they did not understand was how God was going to become a man. And then how he was going to lay down his life for us and was going to be raised in a, a raised in the newness of life with a new body, with a new spirit. And now we partake that spirit through the confession of our mouth. Now we have that same resurrected life living in us, dwelling in us now. And we have the same help of the Holy Spirit as it says, has in these last days spoken to us. You found it? Okay, there it is. Oh, I said 11. It's 8. Look. It says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? He said, behold, the heaven and heavens of heaven cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. See, the mystery was, all the kings, the prophets, they knew that God was sending a savior. But here, the mystery was, now go to, go, let, me, let me tie this in. Go to uh, first, I mean, go to Colossians 127, using this verse of scripture right here. First King 827. When, and no, notice it says, to whom God will make known what is the richest of of the glory of the mystery among the Gentile, which is what? Christ in you. The hope of glory. So you see, no one had the expectation of what the mystery of how of, of God living inside of us. The mystery was, how could that be? No one understood that. No one, no Old Testament saint saw that coming. But now it's no longer a mystery to you and I. It is revelation. Now it is revealed knowledge how Christ can dwell in us. It is through the confession of our mouth and the belief of our heart. And we know that God comes and dwell with us and he make known unto us all of the creation of all that life himself has created. And notice this. He is releasing divine substance from us when we have knowledge of him. Whether it be healing, whether it be for deliverance, whether it be for prosperity, whatever it may be, whether it be for family, whether it be for your, for your home life, whatever. He is the one. That's why I said to whom God will make known. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? What is that? Which is Christ in you. It's the anointing of God in you. It's doing the work. It's the hope of glory. The word glory is manifesting. It's, it's God manifesting all that he has already wrought for us through his suffering, through his uh, death, through his resurrection, and his ascension at the right hand of the Father. Notice this. The hope of that glory is so that 
in Genesis 1 and 2, how God created the heavens and the earth, that is what that hope of that glory is. It's that we are to manifest what Christ are, what the word has already wrought from the foundations of the world. You didn't get that, did you? Notice what it said. It's, it's the same, this word Christ, Notice he said, to whom God would make known. All right. What is he going to make known? The riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Okay. So how is he going to do that? First of all, we have to define, all right, how did God create the heaven and the earth? With words, right? So in the beginning with God was what? The word, right? So the word became flesh in John 1.14. Right? It became flesh and it dwelt among us, right? So now notice this the word, uh, according to uh, 1 Peter 1 18 through 23, we were born again of what? The word of God. Can you see that? So the reason for being born again and we are in Christ is so that we can go back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And what do we do? We're living life outside of how God, of God's original intent. We are still occupying on earth, bringing forth fruit until Jesus, until the Father sent Jesus to get the bride. Okay? So let's look at Genesis chapter 1 for a moment. Look at verse 1. So it says, in the beginning, God did what? He created the heavens and the earth, right? And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God did what? Moved upon the face of the water. So notice that the Spirit of God was there, but there was no directive for the Spirit of God to do what it needs to do. The Spirit is present, it's waiting. It's the same Spirit. The Holy Ghost is present, it's waiting. But what is it waiting for? It's waiting to hear what the author of words, the author of life, what do you want me to make? What do you want me to bring forth? What do you need? Watch Watch it. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Now the spirit know what is what what God wants. The word light is the divine energy that comes forth from God that give the earth and everything from that it give it life for existence. The trees, the grass, the flowers, the animals. Because remember, there was nothing on the earth. The earth was void. It was without form. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was no life. So God had to first do what? Speak life so that things can start living from that moment. Can you see that? I said, look at verse uh, 9. Look at verse 9. Now, it says, and God said, so your new creation the mystery, the hope of glory that's in us so that you can see what God said. Now you that have this same hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory, meaning this hope that God has given you to continue to manifest what he's already spoke into being. So what did he do? How did he do? He said, 
let the water under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. Notice this, dry land didn't appear to God did what? He called it. You have this same life living inside of you now. This same ability that what God spoke from here, your spirit has that same divine life on the inside. You just got to train your soulish man or your inner man to do what? To come in compliance of what God has already wrought on the inside of you. You have to set your mind. Amen? Watch this. He said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered into one place. Just think about it. We have five oceans, seven seas. What's holding that body of water where it is? That's what you've been born again of. The same substance that gave the water its boundaries. And you're going to tell me, as, Jesus, as the angel Mary said to, said to Mary, that Gabriel said, for with God, nothing is impossible. Hmm? So guess what? And God lives in you. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Hmm? That presence just fell in the room. Are you getting this? It's a Selah moment. Because he wants you to get this. He wants you to understand that it is the authority of words that the Holy Spirit. See, when you speak the word of God with authority, the Holy Spirit will take that because Jesus said, all that the Father has is mine. So the Holy Spirit is taking that which is mine and showing it to you. So while the word is being taught, what do you think he's doing? He's revealing to you and I how Christ in you, that hope of glory, is giving you hope. It's giving you an expectation. So that's why I say faith is a response. That means if you believe this, you received it, you, now you say I believe that, okay? That's a response to what you heard. Now you have to, you're living your life out of that rim. You're living your life out of his way. When you live your life in that, in that way, when something come up that is contrary or contradictory, then you don't just speak to it out of your head. You don't just react out of your emotion. No, you are listening from the inside. Yeah, yeah. You're listening from the inside because when you hear from the inside and when you speak, you're speaking with the authority of Christ in you. The hope he is expecting when you say he's expecting this thing to change. When you believe, oh, glory, Huh? I'm going to have to listen to this myself. So think about it. 
What's holding all the body of water in the place where it is? His word. And his word lives in you and I tonight. That's why Jesus always said, to whosoever has ears to hear, let them be hearing or let them be listening. Why? Because the Spirit of God is always speaking. But we're not always hearing. I'm just trying to get you to a place that you start drawing life, his life, out of you. You start paying attention to his life that's in you. Look at the next verse, Casey. Ooh, time is passing. And God called the dry ground earth, and the earth, and he gathered together all the, <clears throat> of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. I mean, just think about it. We don't have nothing on this earth that can hold all the bodies of water from coming on the earth and drowning us out. We don't have enough hills, mountains high enough that that water, if, there's, if all this water come together, because it said the earth was filled with water and it was without form or void. Hmm? What you have in your mouth is a two-edged sword. You got the word of God. Next verse. And God said, let the earth bring forth. Who said it? My God. And, and you and I are a duplicate of his kind. <laughs> you are a duplicate. Sometimes you look at it and say, hmm, well, why well, am We are the duplicate of God, of the God kind. He said, and God said, let the earth bring forth. What? God, grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, his kind, whose seed is where? In itself, upon the earth, and it was what? So. Where did it come from? It came from within him. You don't have to try to draw something out of you. You're drawing from, you're partaking of what's already in you, and you're releasing what is in you, what he gave unto you, and you are releasing his word to see to it that what he spoke, it continued to do what it's supposed to do. Like I said, it will do what it's supposed to do. Hmm? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Look at verse 12. And the earth did what? Whoa. That's you and I, Shad. That's, that's you and I in operation right there. 
That's you and I. That's what your father who lives inside of you and he gave you his precious Holy Spirit. He's watching, God watching over his word to perform. Look, the earth brought forth what? Grass, herbs, yielding seed after its kind. And what happened? Tree yielding fruit whose seed was where? In itself after its kind and God saw that it was what? Good. What did he do? He saw. That means you'll be able to see when you speak to something, when you call for, you'll be able to see it. It has no other choice but to manifest. Can y'all see this? All right. Look at verse 26, Casey. Of the same, of the same chapter, I'm sorry. Genesis 126. And God said, I think in Genesis 1, I think it's 10 or 11 times, I can't remember. It says, and God said. What is that simply saying? Your mouth have to be speaking. But you're not speaking out of the air. You're not speaking out of your doubts. You're not speaking just, no, you're speaking out of the life that you've already embraced. You're speaking from, what? His life is in you, so all you're doing is, you're a duplicate. You're just speaking what he gave, what he already done. Let us make man in our image. That's just mankind. <clears throat> in our image, after our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion. Authority. See, when you go fishing, you don't have to sweat. You just put, here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Huh? You know, they leave their pole out there and they leave and they go. <laughs> yeah. Want to be a jock too close. What do you call that? <laughs> yeah. And then they're sleeping in the truck with the air conditioning on. <laughs> no. Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. That's what you got to do. Here, fishy, fishy. Why? You got authority over it. Didn't Jesus do that in Luke 1, 5? He told Peter now, because look, they looked at him. Okay, you're a rabbi. What you know about fishing? I do this for a living. I don't do this for, what do you call that? Enjoyment or recreation. I do this for a living. And you going to tell me, let down my nets? At this time of the day, you don't even know the flavor of the Kool-Aid is and you tell me, let down my net. He didn't understand who we talking to. What Peter said, nevertheless. He didn't let down the nets. He just let down an old net, one net. So it wasn't his faith. It was Jesus' faith. 
Huh? And when he let down the net, what took place? A multitude of fish come to that boat. I'm telling you, I believe that you and I, when you go fishing, when you wherever you go fish, I'm telling you, when you show up and they hear your voice, they'll come from wherever they are and just get right on your pole. That's Brother George. I like that. That's right. It just gives right on your pole. Why? Because this was, that's who you are. You, you were created. Jesus called them, and we just showed you, God said, if you don't say, you won't have. You, you're not speaking from you. You're speaking from the life of him that's in you. He's the creator of it. He's telling you, why do you need to sweat? Why do you need to grind? Why do you need to all that? No, just speak to it. And tell it to come to you. I made you in my image. In my likeness. I gave you dominion. Over the fish of the sea. The fowls of the air. Over all the cattle. Over all the earth. Over every creeping thing that's in the earth. Upon the earth. Right? Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male, and what? Female. He created he, them, right? Now watch this. Here's the assignment. This is the first word that man ever heard. The two verses I just quoted right here, man didn't hear this. This is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is talking. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That life that was talking, that life is now in you. Old Testament saints didn't know how God was going to dwell in a flawless, a, flaw, a, a, a faulty man. How God going to do that? We know now God became a man. He became our substitute. Here we go. This is the first word that man ever heard. Verse 28. And we'll close. And God blessed them. Uh-oh. And God said unto them. Notice this. He said unto them. He didn't say nothing in verse 26 to man. He didn't say anything in verse 27. It said what God going to do in verse 26. And in verse 27, we saw what he did do. Right here, it said God blessed or God empowered them. Empowered them with what? What he talked about in verse 26. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. That's what man is blessed with. Oh. And he said, be fruitful. That just don't mean babies. That means over my creation, be fruitful. Whatever I put in, be fruitful. Hallelujah. Not in you. Be fruitful in what I've already done through you. Just let me flow through you. Be fruitful. And multiply. And replenish the earth. And subdue it. Think about how you going to do that in you. 
it has to be his life in you that you're speaking out from. Glory. Service of God, all his vast resources, vast resources. See, you can never exhaust God's resources. So he said, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 31, last verse of scripture. And what we see there. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were what? The sixth day. And God rest. And he's still resting right now from his work. From the foundation of the world is finished. So the purpose of the new birth was so that we can go back and function in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Amen. 